This is Trish McCarthy, and you are listening to the Chasing Squirrels Testimonies of Active Faith podcast. I am so glad that you are listening today. You are now listening to what is something I refer to as a Triple T episode or a takeaway teaching and tip. This is based on the previous testimony, so the episode right before this. So if you have not listened to that episode, I would encourage you to do so because this is going to be based directly on that. All right, I'm going to start with the takeaways. So when I actually went back and listened to the Frozen Faith testimony again to plan this teaching episode, I realized that I really need to address something that could possibly have been misconstrued. And so this is also the first takeaway. I mentioned that on Saturday morning, when I began that time of confession, that I first spent time praising and thanking God because really we were just so fortunate and blessed during the winter storm. Things could have been so much worse for us, which 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 that part's true. But I need to go on record and just say that God would have been worthy of my praise even if we had lost power for hours, even if our pipes had burst, even if we had gone without water for days, and even if we do end up losing every beautiful tree in our yard, God would still and is still worthy of my praise. We praise God for who he is, not for what he can do for us. He is God and he is good and he is always worthy of our praise no matter what, simply because he is who he is. Here are a couple verses to remind us of this truth. Psalm 29.2, ascribe to the Lord the glory due to his name. Worship the Lord in holy array. And Psalm 99.5, exalt the Lord our God and worship at his footstool. Holy is he. What I did that morning on my knees when I was telling God how grateful I was for how he provided and carried us through that crazy storm was practice thanksgiving, not praise. Praise was the time that I spent just adoring him, worshiping him, acknowledging him for his goodness, simply for who he is, not for what he did for us during the storm. I will actually discuss all of this in a little more detail when I share a practical tip at the end of the show for how to incorporate praise, confession, and thanksgiving into our prayers. So takeaway number one, There is a difference between praise and thanksgiving, and he is always worthy of both. Takeaway number two, we can't mess up God's plans. As I shared, I was so frozen when Lisa told me that she was ready to pray to receive Christ. You see, I knew that she was on the brink of making a life-changing decision, the most important, very best decision that she would ever make in her entire life. And, And I mistakenly thought that I might make a mistake and somehow prevent her from making this life-changing situation, I'm sorry, life-changing decision. But the truth is, I am just not that powerful. Nothing, nothing I said that day could have stopped God's plan, his miraculous plan for Lisa. And he didn't need me, he doesn't need us to accomplish his plans, but he definitely wants to use us. And we see evidence of this all throughout scripture. 
which leads me into today's teaching. And I just want to share a little backstory. I just love how God works. So the day after Lisa asked Jesus into her heart, she asked me, hey, are you going to do a teaching, a, 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 a takeaway teaching and tip based on the testimony? And if you're a regular listener, you know that I typically release both the testimony and that Triple T episode on the same day. But I hadn't planned. I hadn't planned to do that teaching. I hadn't planned it out. It takes me a little while to do that. And she and I both, we just couldn't wait to share that testimony. So I went ahead and I published the testimony and I decided to begin praying and planning the episode. And then, remember like I shared in the testimony, he is an and then kind of God. So and then, it was the very next day I was sitting on the couch with Brendan doing our quiet time and I had been thinking about what am I going to teach on, what verses, and he shared this passage with me that he had just read, which is from 1 Corinthians 3, 5 through 11, verses 5 through 11, which of course, was the perfect passage for this teaching. I, he, God is just so into the details of our lives. That, that just always blows me away. And I love that he never, um, that I'm, I'm constantly in awe of him. Don't you love how he just makes it where we never lose that that sense of awe and wonder. I hope we never lose that sense of awe and wonder. I love that. And it's funny because I think, I shouldn't be surprised by this. He's God. But every time he does something cool like this, I'm so surprised. So anyway, that's a little backstory. So the title of this teaching is God Gives the Increase. And here's just a little bit of context about this passage. So the Corinthians were arguing, they were divided amongst each other about who, which of these leaders, these Christian leaders, that they aligned themselves with, either Paul or Apollos. Paul was the founder of the Corinthian church or the seed planter, and Apollos built upon that foundation that Paul had had planted, and so he was the seed waterer. So here here are the the verses, starting in verse 5. Who then is Paul and who is Apollos, but ministers through whom you believed, as the Lord gave to each one? I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then, neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers, and you are God's field. You are God's building. Okay, so most of us, as we look back on our journey, our, our path to making that life-changing decision to ask Jesus to be our Lord and Savior, we can probably easily identify people who planted seeds along the way and other people who watered those seeds that had been planted. It may have been some specific things like maybe something they said to us or prayed over us or maybe the way they treated us or just simply the way they lived their lives, the way they loved others and fruit that was evident in their actions and their words. In fact, when I was talking later with Lisa about everything, I asked her if she could identify some of those seeds that were planted in her own life. 
And she could. And it was mainly the faith of other friends and family members. She just observed this faith that other people in her life had. She mentioned that when she was younger, it was the the faith of her mother and going to church. And recently, she has a, a good friend for over a year who's been battling cancer. And Lisa mentioned that, you know, looking from the outside, looking in, she's just so strong. Her head is still up. And Lisa said she realized where her strength comes from and wondered herself if she could handle something like that that her friend is going through without God in her life. And then there's little things that God does. Like, I think she said it was a week earlier that the Holy Spirit had prompted me to text her just a little encouraging word. And right at that moment that she received that text from me, she was listening to one of my podcast episodes about faith. So how, however, it wasn't by the name of her mom or her friend or me through whom she believed. We were each simply ministers and we each had a different role to play. Some of us planted and some of us watered. And surely it wasn't even just the three of us who planted and watered seeds. Most likely there have been several others throughout Lisa's 40 years of life. But none of us, no matter what, whether we were a planter or a waterer, we can't take the credit. None of us gets the glory. Not even some the person who leads that person to pray to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They don't get the credit either. Listen to verses 5 through 7 again. Who then is Paul and who is Apollos, but ministers through whom? You believed as the Lord gave to each one. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then, neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. The word says right there that the one who plants is nothing, nor is the one who waters. God alone gives the increase. He is the one who makes the seeds grow. He alone is the author of salvation. And Acts 4.12 says, There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. And that name, as we all know, is Jesus. Not the name of our friends or our family members or neighbors or Bible teachers or pastors, no matter what type of a role they may have played. Now, We each do have a role to play, right? Both the seed planter and the seed waterer do have an important role, right? We we read this. He calls us his fellow workers. He doesn't call us his silent, passive observers. He says we're his fellow workers. Listen to verses 8 and 9 again. Verse 8. Now he who plants and he who waters are one. And each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. Verse 9, for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. And verse 8 says that they are one, both the, um, the the seed planter and the seed waterer, meaning they work together in unity. And they're both equally as important. Yet, it also says that each receives a reward according to his or her own labor. We aren't rewarded for our successes or the results, but for the labor. 
And this really got me to thinking about incredible, influential people like evangelist Billy Graham. Over the course of his life, he led countless revivals and crusades. He preached the gospel to more than 215 million people. And according to his staff, more than 3.2 million of those people responded to the invitation to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Now, we can't know for sure. Only God knows. But in my own mind, I feel pretty certain that Reverend Graham is up in heaven dancing on streets of gold with the Savior. And when he met Jesus face to face, he most likely heard those long-awaited words, Well done, my good and faithful servant. But is that because 3.2 million people came to know Jesus as a result of his crusades? That is really remarkable. But that is not why Jesus would have said this to him, would have said, well done, my faithful, my good and faithful servant. That's simply not what the word teaches us. Based on what verse 6 says that we read, God alone brought those people to himself. He caused the increase, not Mr. Graham. Mr. Graham, when he saw Jesus face to face, was rewarded for his labor, not the results or success of his ministry. And we will be rewarded likewise as well. All throughout his word, Jesus is much more concerned with how we represent him while we serve than the results of our service. He's much more concerned with how we represent him while we serve than the results of our service. And that should be our greatest concern as well. Let's focus on doing our best to represent him well. And remember, all the results are up to him. Throughout Mr. Graham's ministry, there were probably likely times he was planting seeds, other times when he was watering seeds that had already been planted by someone else. And then obviously there were 3.2 million times that God caused those seeds to grow and he brought about that increase. That that passage of scripture just gives me so much hope and truly it just takes the, the pressure off, doesn't it? Like too bad I hadn't read that the morning that Lisa called me that I don't have to worry about it. He's the one. He's the one who's doing it. He's the one that's going to bring the increase. And see, we, we aren't all called to be the Billy Grahams of the world. I kind of consider myself a little bit more of like a Billy Bob, just an average person, than a Billy Graham. I don't know about you. But that does not mean that I or you or we are any less important or that the roles that we play are any less significant than Billy Graham's. God gives us each very, very specific amounts of time and talent and treasure. These are gifts that he bestows upon each and every one of us. And he asks us and he expects us to be faithful with what he's given us, with what has been appointed to us. He wants each of us to be good stewards, faithful and obedient to him and to his word each day, day by day, moment by moment, in our families, in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods, in our communities. How do we do that? What does that look like? Well, it's a combination of action and faith, much like what a farmer does. So we know the farmer has an important job. He has to act. He has to till the ground, 
plant the seeds, water them, fertilize. He has a big responsibility to do all of those things. But ultimately, even after he does all these things, he can't make the seed grow. (laughs) He has to be patient and wait. I I don't know... um, I don't know if I would do well as a farmer because it's hard for me. I, I'm the person that stands at the stove waiting for the water to boil. Like I just sit there and watch it. Like like me watching it's going to make it go any faster, right? But that's what the farmer has to do. He has to be patient and he has to wait and trust God's timing. And that is where faith kicks in. Just like when we plant or water seeds of faith in others' lives, when those seeds sprout up, when they grow is not up to us. I know that sometimes I personally, <laughs> I'd like to sprinkle some miracle grow on the seeds that, I'm, that I've planted or that I've watered. Just speed things up a little bit. But as we all know, that's just not the way that it works. There's nothing we can do to speed up that process. It's all in God's timing. And we all know that his timing is always perfect, right? We have to have faith that God will do what he's going to do when he's going to do it. And we need to always remember, God gives the increase. He is responsible for making things grow. However, because he tells us that we are his fellow workers, we are responsible too for some things. We're responsible for planting and watering seeds in the lives of all of those around us. And truly, he really doesn't need us. He doesn't need us, but he graciously gives us the privilege and blessing of co-partnering with him. And really, that should just both humble and empower us at the same time. I want to close with this life motto that I learned from a favorite pastor of mine. And it's a very simple saying to live by that sums all of this up so well. I've shared it before, I know, and I'll keep on sharing it probably all the time. I love this. It's do the last thing God told you to do and spend time with him. Do the last thing God told you to do. In other words, obey and spend time with him. In other words, abide. And then do the next thing he tells you to do. Obey and spend time with him. Abide and so on and so forth. Obey and abide. That is truly the best way that I personally know how to activate my faith. Okay, I want to share some tips with you. And the first thing I want to do is just share some practical ways. And these are more like kind of reminders, things we already do, but just just um, kind of listing them out. Some different ways that we can plant and water seeds. Number one, serve people in his name. When, when we're serving others and doing things for others, let them know why we're doing it. Uh, we can call or text people when the Holy Spirit prompts. Sometimes the, they'll just come to mind, and you know when that happens that that's the Lord. That's not like just out of the blue you randomly think of somebody. You know that God's putting that person on your heart for a reason. So reach out to them. Text them. Give them a, give them a call. Let them know you're thinking about them and that God put them on your mind. Uh, Number three, pray for and pray with people. And don't just tell them that you'll pray for them. I mean, we, we, I do that. We all do that, right? I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. But when, have you ever had somebody 
not just say they're going to pray for you, but call you up and say, hey, let's pray or send you like a text that's a little a, a prayer. I have friends who um, we started using the Marco Polo app. And so we'll record a video. It's a it's a great app if you don't have it. I think I might have shared it before, but you can record a video of yourself and you can pray for that person. So praying for people, praying with people. And again, not just not just doing it, but I mean, not just telling them you'll do it, but actually doing it. And you'll, you'll actually be very surprised by how many people will say yes. I've done this with uh, uh, servers, too, when we've been at a restaurant, you know, just God's laid it on my heart to ask them, is there something that, that we can pray for? And I've never had anybody tell me no, ever. Not, not, not once. Uh, number four, share your testimonies with others how you came to know him or how he's changed your life or the incredible, miraculous ways that you see him work in your life and in the lives of other people you know. Number five, share truths from his word, especially when they're when they apply in a very specific situation. And if that situation is a difficult one, you can just say, you know, you can just offer up a word of truth, a word of encouragement straight from his word. And we know that his word does not return void. And then number six, just love well. We, we know the word says that they will know that we are Christians by our love. How we love others is so important. And then number seven, uh, last but not least, but don't just talk the talk, walk the walk. Just Walk out your faith, live out loud, walk it out. That's really impactful. Okay, so the second tip that I have, I talked about it at the beginning of the show. I mentioned that I was going to show you or or discuss a way that we can bring in praise and thanksgiving and confession. And I know that many of you have probably heard about this acronym called ACTS that you can follow when you pray. But if you've already heard it, don't tune me out. Uh, it might be time for a reminder. It might, been a while, might have been a while since you prayed this way. So, so please don't tune me out. And honestly, I hadn't done this in a while until Courtney, my daughter, had brought this up a couple months ago. We were having a conversation and she brought this up that she was walking through this and what an impact it made on her. So uh, once she shared that with me a couple months ago, I started really implementing it again myself. I thought, oh, I haven't done that in a while, and it really is impactful. So here we go. The A stands for adoration, which is adoration is just praise and worship. And like I said at the beginning of the show, he is worthy of this no matter what, simply because of who he is, not for what he can do for us. Or uh, Revelation 4.11 says, worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. The C stands for confession. This is honestly dealing with the sin in your life, telling God that you're sorry for the things that you've done to hurt others and, more importantly, hurt him. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Okay, the T stands for Thanksgiving, and this is just verbalizing what you're grateful for. And from my own personal experience, this can be even for trials and tribulations. It seems counterintuitive to 
thank him for trials and tribulations. But if you think about there's stuff that he's taught you through, through those things, comfort he's given you through the sorrow and the pain, growth that you've experienced through being broken and convicted. There's, there's just always so much to be thankful for, no matter what your circumstances are. We can find things to thank him for. And 1 Thessalonians 5.18 underscores this. It says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And then last, um, this is S, stands for supplication. Pray, praying for the needs of others and for yourself. I know sometimes when when we pray, we, we want to jump right in and to start, we want to ask him for something that we need or another person needs. And if you're, this got me thinking about like our parents, myself as a parent and my own parents. Think about how parents feel when their children continuously, like when they continuously do things for their children and give them things, but they never receive any thanks for all the things that they've been giving them prior and then their kids are asking for more. <laughs> it just reminded me of that. I don't want, I want to, don't want to be that child coming to God constantly asking for things and forgetting to thank him for everything else that he's already done and praise him for who he is. Ephesians 6.18 says, Praying at, pray at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. So making supplication, not just for ourselves, but for our fellow brothers and sisters, for our family members, for, for all those other people in our lives. And so like I was t- saying before in that conversation that I had with Courtney, she had explained to me that she had been going through this acronym and as she, as she prayed, once she got to the S, she said she almost forgot what she even wanted to ask God for. <laughs> she said it completely changed her attitude when she spent that time intentionally praising and thanking her God before bringing those requests before him. And that really made an impact on me when she shared that. So, okay, we are at the, the end here. I, I hope that you've got some practical uh, takeaways and tips that you are taking with you. I hope this teaching has equipped you. I hope it's empowered you and encouraged you and... Um, just taking some of that that pressure off, right? That we don't always have to to get it right. God's God's doing what He's doing, and we can trust Him. We can trust Him to give the increase. I want to end us in prayer, Lord. I come before You and thank You, Lord, that You give the increase. Thank You, God, that You give us the privilege and the blessing to be co partners with You in this, in our faith journey, Lord, that you, you tell us that, uh, we have an important role to play, that we get to walk through this life, planting and watering seeds, and then sitting back and watching you make them grow and you bringing the increase, Lord. Thank you so much for all the opportunities that you give us 
to share with other people, to love on other people, and to plant seeds in their lives. Help us, God, to trust you, to trust you with the timing. Help us to be faithful. Help us to be patient. Help us to not grow weary in doing good because you tell us that in due time, we will reap a harvest. There will be a harvest, Lord. Please help each one of us to be faithful, faithful laborers, co-laborers with you. Help us, Lord, to continue to do the last thing that you told us to do and then spend time with you. Lord, help us to obey and obey, obey and obey, gosh, obey and abide. Lord, we love you so much and we want to hear those words, well done, my good and faithful servant. Show us what that looks like right here on earth, Lord. Show us day by day how we can be faithfully serving in your name, Lord. Show us, help us to faithfully serve those around us in your name. We thank you, Lord, for this um, privilege that you've given us and help us to really Uh, seize those opportunities and not uh, take it for granted, Lord, that we are considered your co-laborers. What an awesome privilege, Lord. Thank you so much. I pray these things in the precious, powerful name of Jesus. Amen.